Hey everyone, thank you for joining Testimony Tuesday. Um, and for those of you who are going to join later on, um, I really appreciate your time uh, joining and watching this, taking time out of your day to watch this. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jose Benitez. Uh, my wife and I, we currently lead worship here. So uh, you would think I'd be uh, pretty comfortable behind a mic with uh, no one in the crowd um, except for my wife and baby, which, by the way, if y'all hear, you know, uh, my, uh, Paige saying no or Stella yelling, that's who's here with me and Brother Omar. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, I wanted to start off, um, I guess, Testimony Tuesday uh, It's a, by thanking a couple of people. I want to thank Omar for the uh, opportunity to do this. Um, like I said, you know, I know I get up here in front of everybody and, you know, run around out of breath singing my heart out. But it's a little different uh, when it's, I guess, literally one on one or one on the camera. <laughs> but uh, I want to say thank you, Brother Omar, uh, for putting this all together. It's incredible what we've already heard already on the past testimonies. I want to say thank you to uh, Pastor and Sister Green. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying y'all's vacation today. Uh, look, looks like a lot of fun. But I just want to say thank you guys so much uh, for everything y'all do here. Um, I know you guys have really helped myself out. You guys have been an absolute anchor. Uh, to me and my family, um, and I'll just encourage you guys, use your pastor and your pastor's wife. Um, they've helped me so much, so, 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 so much. I also want to thank Bishop and Sister Stevens. Um, for those of you who don't know, I started attending Austin First Church back in 2017. Um, Bishop and Sister Stevens were my pastor at the time, uh, and honestly, if it wasn't for them having a great church here in Austin, uh, in Doe Valley, I should say. I'm not sure, you know, where I would be at. I wouldn't, I'm not sure that I would have had a great first impression if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost that we felt the day that we started attending this church. Um, and lastly, uh, I would like to thank my wife and, then I, and my parents as well. Um, everything I am um, is because of my parents. Everything uh, I, I am now is because of my wife. Um, if it wasn't for either one of those uh, you know, I, I'd be a lot, I'd be in a different place right now. Um, but anyways, I just want to start, uh, do a little bit of a different spin today on uh, Testimony Tuesday. I love hearing about everybody's testimonies, where God has brought them from, and, you know, um, and what God has brought them out. Um, but today I wanted to, instead of telling you the whole story from the day I was born till now, I kind of wanted to focus on the past five years at Austin First Church, um, but before we get into all that, I'll, I'll just give you just a brief overview. And I, and before I start, I'll say that um, I don't have near enough time to tell you how God, how good God has been to me. God has been so so good to me. Um, I, and as I was putting this testimony together, all I kept thinking was, God, you have been so faithful. You have provided for every need. You have done more than I have ever asked. And so uh, that's what I want to say. I want everything I say to be magnified for his glory, for his kingdom. Um, and like I said, there's a lot more to than what I'm just going to say. I just want to hit the kind of preview, the quick points before um, I get into the past five years. Um, like a lot of us, um, I was born and raised in the church. Um, my parents were new to church, um, and I was six months old when I technically started attending. Um, my entire life has been wrapped around a Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday <laughs> of church, uh, Sunday night, you know, or Sunday morning, Sunday night, 
Um, we had Tuesday prayer and choir practice, and then I had Wednesday night church, and then my parents were the youth leaders uh, for the first 15 years of my life. So, you know, and this is until I moved to uh, Dripping Springs, Austin area, this is all I know. Um, my parents, my mom was a secretary at our church. My dad was a worship leader. Like I said, my parents were the youth leaders for our, my entire life up until it, us moving here. Um, I felt like I spent more time at the church than anywhere else, even in my own home. It's, it's just, this is, this is all I, this is all I know. Um, and this is all I ever want to do is be in the church serving. Um, that, that's where I get my joy, my peace, um, and my, my, my comfort, my strength, my life is through the opportunity to be able to, be able to serve God. Um, I started serving as a, as a pretty young age. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I did or do play saxophone, haven't played in a while. <laughs> um, but at the very young age, uh, I believe it was around 10 or 11, sixth grade, um, I, I got into playing saxophone. Um, and really, that's where I felt like my ministry really took off. As I, uh, as I was a young sixth grader trying to learn which instrument I would wanted to play, um, I originally wanted to play trombone or uh, <laughs> tuba, but I could not make my lips the way they needed to be for that those two instruments. Um, I was ready to give up, to be honest with you guys. Um, I was ready not to play anything. I was, those were what I really want to go for. But uh, I ended up playing the saxophone, and everything started from there. Um, from the time I could play my first scale, I was sitting uh, next to our pastor playing to the saxophone at church. Sounded like a bunch of geese, uh, someone choking out geese, someone choking out ducks. It did not sound pretty. Um, all the way up until now, I mean, um, I guess it has, it's been a while, so it probably still doesn't sound that pretty either. <laughs> but um, that is where I learned to serve was in the music ministry, uh, also alongside my parents, like I said. Um, back in 2011, so I guess I'm skipping over a lot, but back in 2011, uh, my family and I moved to Dripping Springs. Um, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, uh, and if y'all don't know, Isaac is my, uh, is my brother. My mom and dad are Anna and Cisco. So, uh, and my sister is Priscilla. Uh, but we moved from a church um, of about 120, 150, a uh, pretty close, tight-knit group. Our church was about five minutes from our house, um, and everybody lived r- roughly around the same amount of distance. So we were a pretty close group. I, my childhood friends were some of my best friends, uh, people I still talk to today, honestly. But um, going from a church of that size um, and being close to friends to going to a, um, a home mission church out in Dripping Springs was one of the toughest things um, that I had to go through as a young kid. And the way I look back at it is I m- happened to be I was 15 when we moved. I was in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, had to start over on a new high school. Had to uh, start over at a new church. We went to about a 25-member church, and five of those members were my family. Um, the the first, the youngest person closest to me in age uh, that wasn't my family was probably 55. Um, so we went from a pretty big youth group, uh, pretty big connection to the people in the youth were me, my brother, and my sister. Um, it was a lot of things happened throughout those years. I had to learn a lot um, without the leadership of a youth pastor. And I, I want to say thank you to my parents, but as a lot of you guys know, it's kind of hard sometimes to be able to communicate, you know, things where you, you may have done, you've done, and the way you're feeling without feeling 
judgment from your parents or in my little 15-year-old mind that my parents would never understand where I was. Um, so I, I want to say, you know, um, it, it, was, it was got really hard real quick. Uh, it was a big culture shock um, going from Houston area to a little podunk town of Dripping Springs. Um, and then the schools were a lot different, so that made it a lot, whole lot different, a whole lot harder to try to, you know, assimilate into, I guess, society or into school, into church again. So it, it got me feeling pretty lost. And then about a year or two after we're in the church, uh, the pastor of the church decided uh, to get up and leave. No warning. Um, about He gave us about a week's notice and just said, I feel God called me back to the mission field. Um so he decides to just leave. And that kind of starts pretty much uh, about 24, or 2013 on up until 2017 of not having a pastor in my life, um, having multiple men of God come in and think that they're going to take over the church. But for one, of, for one reason or another, no one ever stuck. Um, it got to a point where the, the people of the church were trying to lead the church, lead a, a group without a pastor, which I can tell you does not work. Without the spirit, spiritual leadership, it does not work. Without a spiritual head, it does not work. I, I've been there. My family's been there. It does not work. It only leaves you dry and desolate. It leaves you hurting. It leaves you confused. And that's be, that really begins my testimony. Um, what I want to get to is those years of my life, uh, the attacks on me may have not have been, you know, the struggle of drugs, the struggle of, you know, you know, whatever the drinking, the str- those struggles that God has brought other people out. But the attacks for me became a lot more mental um, as a man, as a young man. And, you know, as a, and a young teenager, you know, we I kind of grew up in the in the headspace of you keep the emotion in, um, you bottle it up and you deal with it and you move on. And that's as, as a, I guess, a teenager, that's kind of where a lot of those struggles started, which were within. Uh, it's, I, I learned to keep all of my emotion, bottle it up, swallow it, and put on a happy face. And honestly, from about 2014 up until even about a year ago, that's what I've dealt with, is the mental struggle, the feelings that are within that I can't really, I don't know how to express, and I don't want to express. I don't want to deal with it. Um, so, I, like I said, I, I, I felt lost. I graduated high school in 2013. I didn't have a pastor. I was not, uh, I was in a relationship I wasn't supposed to be in, a, lo- a long-term relationship. Um, I just kept looking and looking for something to fill the void, something that I, I, the piece of the, the church that I had instilled in me was gone um, to a point where in 2016, and I, again, I'm skipping through a lot just trying to get to the fun part. But in 2016, um, it was it comes all to a breaking point. I started questioning, is there really a God? I started questioning, is there really a God? Um I felt so lost, I, I almost felt like I didn't even know how to talk to God anymore. I didn't know how to pray. I, and when I did pray, it probably wasn't the correct way to pray and say, you know, God, <laughs> I could really use some money right now. <laughs> you, know, um, it wasn't, you know, it was a very childish and immature way to pray. But that was my relationship with God. It was childish and immature. 
Um, and, and, you know, kind of putting this together, it kind of hurts a little bit, but it's also a little funny uh, thinking that that was my relationship with God. It was childish and immature. So in 2016, as I, all this is coming to, I guess, a, um, a, a, a burst, a busting point, um, I'm starting to feel miserable. Um, I'm asking God, please, like, I need help. I'm tired of feeling miserable. Uh, I'm tired of the internal struggles of not knowing what to do with my life, of struggling from job to job for getting myself into a lot of debt. Um, I, I accumulated a lot of debt from my relationship. I'm tired of the relationship. I'm, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of always being upset, depressed. I'm tired of, you know, for those of you who know me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm generally a mellow, happy guy. That's my, that's my true personality. Paige might have something else to say, but that's my true personality is to be pretty relaxed. But that, those years, I was not relaxed. I was angry. I was tired. Um, I didn't like my job. I just, it just was all going to a point. And I can remember one night in 2016, I was ready just to say, I'm done with you, God. I'm tired. I'm, it's, I'm over this. I go into the church on a Tuesday night prayer. We had a pastor, which we thought was going to stay, but come to find out he wasn't voted on, and it's just a whole mess. But one of the last services that we attended at Dripping Springs, the Dripping Springs Church, I go in, and it's a Tuesday night prayer. Again, it's us five and about eight other people. And I sit down, and everybody's having a powerful prayer move of God. And I start trying to pray, and because, again, I don't have this relationship with God, I, I, I start getting distracted. Um, I can't hear myself talk to God because people are having such a powerful move of God. I can't, I, I can't focus in. And I tell God, you know what? I give up. I'm done with you. I, I can't even hear you. You're, I'm t- trying to talk to you. You're not even there. You're not real. I've wasted my, my entire life, and I got up, and I walked. I started walking to the door. As I got to the door, I felt God, and I heard God tell me, turn around. And I went and turned around, and I went and sat back in the seat. I said, okay, God, if that's you, what are you about to do? Because up until this point, I felt nothing. As the moment I sat down, the presence of the Lord fell all over. I began to tell God, I'm so tired. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of feeling upset. I'm so hurt from not having a pastor. I wanted to go to Bible college, but my previous pastor told me no. I wanted to go to youth camps. I I didn't have a youth group. I didn't have any church friends. I didn't have those things. I I was struggling. Uh, I was struggling with my mental health. I was depressed. I got to a point where I wanted to commit suicide. I'm so tired, God. And in this moment, God gave me a vision of me just clinging on to the hem of his garment. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Just, God, I'm, I'm holding on. I can't let go of you today. If I don't get something from you today, I'm, I'm, it's, it's over for me. That's the desperation I felt that day. Not even a moment after, a few moments later, the, pa- the then pastor's wife, or the new pastor's wife, comes up to me and starts praying for me. And she tells me, Jose, God just gave me a vision. 
God shows me that you're hanging on to the hem of his garment. She said, do not let go until you get what you need. Today is critical for you. And that's where it all led up to. Um, that was one of my last services there. The, that pastor of that church ended up leaving, um, got essentially kicked out. And we start church searching. We start looking for a, a new home because it was over four years, three three or four years without a pastor. My family began, became, began to come um, miserable. We, were all, we all felt it. Uh, we were all spiritually drained. Um, we, we, we tried. We really did. We did our best over there. But it was time for us to stop being miserable. It, it started affecting the family. So in 2017, um, January, I think January, February 2017, we happened to um, attend Austin First Church. It was, to be honest with you guys, it was probably um, about the third or fourth church we tried out. Excuse me. Um, and we, we tried the other churches. We, we, we did try, um, even after this, we tried a couple more after and just revisited some. But I, I will tell you this, the moment I walked into Austin First Church, um, service hadn't even started yet. But um, I guess a little bit rewinding some. When I was a young kid, um, God gave me a vision as, as a young kid, a dream. And I walked into some double doors, and I was looking at a platform. On the platform, I saw myself singing, which at this point, I, I, again, I'm just a musician. I, I, I kind of sang at my old church, but I, not to this magnitude. But God gave me a vision of me singing, and right next to me was my wife singing right next to me. Didn't have a face. I just I knew that right, the, the, the being the woman next to me in my dream was my wife. The moment I walked into Austin First Church, I saw the same platform, saw the two pillars, and I saw where the piano and organ were, and, I, and it was the vision that God showed me so, so many years earlier that, that I was going to be on the pop, that he, I was singing and rejoicing to God, and my wife was right there next to me. The, so the moment I walked in, I told my dad, this is it. I said, I don't care where you guys go. This is where I'm going. Um, so that starts my, I guess, my now, um, where I really want to get... Um, so that's in 2017. Again, Bishop Stevens and Sister Stevens are the pastors here. Um, and all those years of not having, I guess, like I said, pastoral direct, uh, direct, uh, direction, um, a youth group, a hyphen group, any really church friends, church, um, I guess, church influence, to be honest with you guys. Um, it's amazing how you get around just a bunch of people who are f so full of the world, so full of sin and what that does to you on a daily basis. Um, and I lived years like that, years of not praying, years of not reading, years of not fasting. I get to the church and the first few services of the church, and I say first few, it's probably the first couple of months, every time there's an altar call, I just came up here and wept. Same, it's just, God, I, I'm, I'm ready to give this, I'm ready to give everything back to you. I'm, I'm tired of holding on to these things. I'm tired of everything that I, I held within that I never got to get out. I, I, I came to the altar every every Sunday, every Wednesday, and just wept. So much so that Brother Stevens actually came up to me at one point, and, and the Brother Stevens, the way he does, Bubba, what's going on? 
you've been coming up here and, and just crying and weeping. Well, what's going on? What can I help you pray for, pray for you for? I said, Brother Stevens, I said, I'm ready to be whole again. Bubba, God can do that. And he prayed for me. He didn't know it at the time, but him praying for me was, was saving me. Saving me, um, helping me get rid of a lot of things. <laughs> I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a pastor to pray for me. I know my parents prayed for me. You know, I grew up, like I said, my parents always praying in the house. But there's something a little different to have a man of God in your life. And at that moment, I felt myself being vulnerable to the man of God again. I didn't get to have that um, uh, since we left Houston. Um, I was very closed off to men of God because of how much they hurt, because of a lot of this cra the craziness that went on. But to have a man of God come over and pray for me and just say, I love you. It's going to be okay. God has a plan. Was all those years of hurt and pain and confusion gone like that, you know. And obviously, God, God helped me work through a little more uh, than that. But, you know, um, Brother Stevens, that, that Sunday, that Sunday morning came and prayed for me. And it was just opening the door to a whole lot of other things. Um, that year, I met my wife, <laughs> Paige, um, and, you know, it, it was great. Um, it is great. <laughs> but we, we were, she, we, she was involved in the, um, I guess we, they, at that time, they called it the front line, uh, which is the hyphen uh, choir. And um, I, I started to get involved as well. Um, I started playing sax here at the church when, um, as much as I could every now and then. Um, every now and then. I'd get a chance to sing, but not, like I said, not to the effect of where I am now, where we are now. But it was um, it was great. Um, after probably in March or so, I think it was, no, April, I'm sorry. April, uh, Paige and I started dating. So a few months after me being here, we started dating. Um, and our relationship started to grow. Um, it was good. We, we, we did a lot of stuff around church um, with her living in Bastrop and me living in Dripping Springs at the time. Uh, it was hard because every time we tried to hang out, it was kind of based around church. Um, and as quickly as I felt myself coming into church, I started realizing, okay, why am I coming here again? Am I coming here for a relationship with God or am I coming here for a relationship? Um, and I started to put her first. Um, I started to put her relationship first with me and at that time, you know, as I'm putting relationship first, I'm having a job change as well. I'm working at a, um, a sign shop. I was making, in 2017, $8.50 an hour. And let me tell you, um, God has brought, not only has God brought me a long way, but that was probably one of the hardest $8.50 an hour jobs I've ever worked in my entire life, even to this day. Um, I barely had enough money to pay my, my car, my phone, my insurance, and then try to take Paige out. <laughs> Let me tell you what love will do. <laughs> you find a way, I'm just going to tell you, you will find a way. Um, but when I say I started to prioritize our relationship, that's what I mean. Uh, if you notice how I said that intentionally is I paid my bills, 
and then try to have fun in, in to, by taking Paige out. Nowhere in that did I have God in that. In my time, I didn't. I, God wasn't first. I came to church. I had fun at church. I was at the work days because I wanted to be connected. But my focus quickly became from a relationship with him to a relationship with her. Um, in that time, um, you know, things started getting better. Obviously, you know, I, I, I got refocused because I had a wonderful leader like Matthew, um, who's that uh, um, hyphen leader, uh, at, you know, still is. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he's a hyphen leader, and also one of the first things Matthew had said to me was, you know, I'm I'm not here to be your friend first. I'm here to help you get to heaven. My job is to get you from point A to point B, and point B is heaven. So with his leadership and, you know, and, and, and loving correction, you know, I started to kind of get back on track. I'm here for relationship with God. I'm here... Um, I'm here to, 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 to do this for real. I'm, I don't want it to be like what it was before. Um, that started transitioning into Paige and I helping on the hyphen staff. Um, and, and then eventually we started helping with music. And through all this time, you know, at, through this time I was paying my, paying my bills, um, you know, and, and I felt really, I guess, um, I felt Im- impressed on me to s- to make an effort to try to try to start paying my ties. I hadn't paid ties in years. Like I said, I got into a lot of debt uh, and wasn't working the best of jobs. But I really felt convicted. Like if I'm going to be in any so- f- so, uh, you know serve in any capacity, any form of leadership, I need to make an effort to try to pay my ties. I went into prayer and I told God. I said, God, you know my heart. You know, you know what what I really want. You, you know where my intentions are. I, I'm, I'm making an effort to do this. So I will pay my tithes. I just need help figuring this out. I began to pay my tithes, and not even after that, shortly after that, I get a phone call from one of my friends at the, um, Macy. He said, hey, man, looking for uh, someone at a job to help out. Basically, here's what I do. This is what you're going to be doing. Great. Sounds good. When can I go in for an interview? Um, that we set up an interview, and immediately I get offered the job on the spot, double with what I'm get per- currently getting paid. So I went from eighteen, uh, $8.50, oh, I guess almost double, $16, just like that. I started paying my tithes, and I asked God for help. That was his help. That led to me having more freedom and me being more committed um, I started getting more committed into my relationship uh, with with God. I started focusing in um, on on that relationship, you know, and then also getting more serious with my relationships around here. Again, I didn't have anybody to go to. Um, I, I I longed for connection. I longed for help. I, I wanted to share it with everybody what what was going on. Um, and so as, as things kind of progressed, there still there were still some things that I was holding back. I, I, again, I was learning how to be vulnerable, um, but I wasn't completely vulnerable yet. I wasn't completely open yet. Um, Paige and I um, get engaged, and then we get married. Um, some more doors open. Uh, with with all of that, you know, God really began to bless us. We we get an apartment. It wasn't the best apartment by any means. Um, as a matter of fact, it was one of the most ghetto places in Austin. <laughs> Um, 
it, it was real sketchy, it, so much so that, you know, we found out even a week after we left, somebody had been shot. <laughs> it was just the, the craziest thing. Um, but God began to open doors as we became one. Um, my dedication, her dedication, we became one, um, and God really began to bless us. We, we got more of an opportunity um, through our faithfulness, um, through our faithfulness here in church, um, serving always, you know, that, that was the, um, that was the goal of our, our, our marriage was, our marriage wasn't for us, it was for the kingdom. And because of our dedication to all that, God began to open doors for that. So God opened some doors here at the church, but again, going back to, I wasn't completely vulnerable and open. As a married man, I can tell you, as a young married man and a newly married man still, uh, it, that doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work to be closed off to your, your wife or vice versa. Um, with that, marriage troubles begin to happen. I come from one brand of raising where, like I said, you know, we, we didn't really talk very much about our feelings and such, you know, as, as boys and as men. Um, everything was, you know, it, everything is, it, it, it's, it's part of life. You got to move past it. And moving past that sometimes looks like, like I said, bottling up and not being able to talk. So as, as struggles begin to happen, as fights begin to happen, arguments begin to happen, I, the more and more it happens, I just take it all, bottle in, swallow it. You can only bottle so much in and put it so far down before it all comes back up. And to a point, that's what happened. It came back up. It, 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 it began to struggle. We began to struggle quite a bit um, with communication. And I, I, as Paige is my witness, but it's here, it is my fault. It was my fault. Um, I didn't know how to talk to her, and not in necessarily that I was a disrespectful man. I just didn't know how to put into words what I was really feeling. I didn't know how to put it into words other than, you know, just be silent, be silently angry. So I don't say anything because, you know, I just, that's the way I was. That's the way, you know, I, I'm trying to break out of. Um, we, along with the marriage struggles, I started having faith struggles again. Things weren't going well in my marriage. Um, and so naturally that kind of ties into how you are with church. You know, you can't act one way at home and be in a different way at church, you know. What you do in private will come to the light. And, th and that started what happened. I started struggling again mentally again. In my, in my, 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 I guess my mental health started struggling again. I started asking God, like, okay, God, I'm struggling at home. You know, I, I, I wasn't reading the way I needed to. I wasn't praying the way I needed to. Um, I would come up here, you know, acting one way, saying how good God was. But because of my struggles, I... I wasn't really believing that. It's easy to encourage you guys um, and say God is great, but not believe he's great for you. Um, on top of that, you know, I was trying to, trying to go to a deeper level, but because of, again, because of my immaturity, because of um, the distractions, because of the unresolved things in my life, um, God kind of put me on hold until I, I got through some things. Until I got through, like I said, the, the communication problems through some of the struggles early on in marriage, um, 
you know, and I know this seems to be a common thing in men, and it's it's really a plague in men, especially nowadays, but um, I did struggle with pornography early on in our marriage. Um, it, it took a toll on us both. Um, that was one of the one of the harsh arguments, um, and it, it, there's always two sides to that struggle. It's the, the man's struggle, obviously, of lust of the flesh um, and the desires, but on the other side, the ones that I, I may not get talked about as much, uh, I, I guess to men, is how the wife struggles, the mental struggle she has to go through, the internal struggle she goes through because she doesn't want to talk about it with maybe her friend or her accountability partner or her, or her pastor's wife because she doesn't feel like she can she wants to out her husband that internal struggle and then along with like i said faith struggles the one thing that brother and sister green kept telling us uh, or telling me specifically as i was trying to go deeper trying to fight my way out of this was be there just be there and to be honest with you guys it was really upsetting I felt like I was here serving, but I wasn't present in my marriage. I wasn't present in the intimate part of our marriage, the the one-on-one conversations, um, the deep parts of our marriage. I wasn't present because I wasn't present in my prayer life with God. I things as we begin to get prayed for and ask for understanding God eventually started breaking down walls for me to be able to start speaking to my wife when I when I was upset I I won't say even now I'm the best at it but um, I try now Um, I do my best I really do Um, and I feel like that's one thing that I can I can say without a shadow of a doubt I try now I, I, I tell Paige how I feel and you know, and, and, and that trans has translated over to my walk with God. You know, God, I, I'm here. I'm trying now. Um, things begin to kind of get up again. Um, you know, uh, we're getting close to the end of our first year of marriage, and um, our apartment is getting ready to up its rent. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about. I was paying uh, nine hundred and eighty dollars a month for a one bedroom apartment. Um, that was 700, almost 800 square feet. I would love to see somebody go find that same apartment and see how much it is right now. Um, they were getting ready to move it up. Uh, again, I'm working at Buffalo uh, with Macy. And to be honest with y'all, I don't have enough money. Paige and I don't make enough money to buy a house at the time. Um, I start looking for a uh, job because the current situation of my job wasn't going to allow me to do anything. I would I wasn't going to be a, able to live in my apartment as ghetto as it was and be able to afford that. And I also wasn't able to afford anything else. So I had to make a decision. I asked for help with the job to see what I could do to, you know, get a raise and and I was I had good performance. I did really well, but um it just didn't nothing ended up working out. About that time Matthew offers me a job at GFCS. Um and he says, hey, you want to be a project manager? I think you'll be good. Okay, let's do the interview. Um, they come back, and they come back with almost a 50% pay raise. So in the three, two, two, two years I've been here, I went from $8.50, some of the hardest money I've ever had to earn, to just over 24 bucks. <laughs> 
an hour. In two years, God tripled it. Um, I said, absolutely. Um, little did I know what I was getting myself into, but, you know, I saw a way out of that to provide for my family, uh, to be there for my family. Um, that year that I, I, I started working at GFCS, God opened a lot more doors for Paige and I um, because we were faithful, we were consistent, things were working out in our marriage. Um, we, weren't, we didn't have a perfect marriage, but God was still moving so much in our marriage. We dedicated our time. We were being there, um, both present in our devotion and our, and our, li- uh, our, 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 I guess, private lives, as well as here in church. God began to open more and more things for us. Um, he get, we were able to do a sectional youth row here um, where we heard I did the uh, sectional music. Um, so God began to really just kind of put us up and, and, and really just kind of help elevate us to our callings, uh, to our ministry. And um, around 2019, this, I guess that's where we're at now, 2019, um, our, our, we're coming to the end of our uh, lease of our apartment. And at this point, we're still looking like, I don't know how we got to find something else. We can afford an apartment, um, but do we really want to be in an apartment? You know, we, we would really like to be have our own space. We like to do our own thing, um, have our own area. We look into a house, um, and this is around July, um, right, or yeah, June, July, right before we're going to NAYC. Um, we find that we, after I felt like months and months of searching, we find a house, uh, the current house we're in, and we start talking to the builder, and he tells us that the monthly amount is going to is going to be X amount of dollars. Well, the X amount of dollars is about two hundred, three hundred dollars above our actual budget. I I told Paige and I said, well, I said God's going to have to provide. I said, he's done this already. There's no reason why he can't provide. So we go ahead and move on with it, um, the whole process. And as, we, um, as we're getting towards the end of the process, I actually happen to be in NAYC. Um, we have the bank, the lender, go out and do a, um, oh, I'm losing the word now do essentially a survey a, um, to, to see what the house is worth. Appraisal, thank you. An appraisal to see what the house is worth. They come back and say this house is worth 30000 uh, uh, $30, $18,000 less um, than what the builder's asking for. I go back to the builder and I said, hey, this is what my bank says. I have it in, written down. Um, they're saying it's less. What, what's the next plan? The builder said, I'm sorry, either you come up with $18,000 or you're not moving into this house. I'm not even in Austin at this time. I'm at NAYC, and there's nothing I can do. I, I don't even know who to ask for $18,000 because Jose and Paige do not have $18,000 to our name. Um, I, it really, we started seeing a, um, we, we started seeing that opportunity begin to close down. Um, I, I didn't understand. I was like, okay, God, I'm trusting you. We prayed about this. God, I, I need you to do something. We prayed that night after we heard the news. The next morning, we hear back from the, the, the builder. He, the builder says, hey, I'm going to go to my boss today. 
Um, I'm going to ask him what we can do on this house. I don't think he'll give you the give, – he, I don't think he'll move the number, but it doesn't hurt to try. He goes, so if you pray or anything, go ahead and you better start praying. Okay. I go to the house. I go back. We pray before service. After service, we hear back from the lender. Hey, I've never seen this done before. This has never happened since I've been with the builder. I've been with the builder for 20-plus years. He's willing to move the house down to the 18000 that the bank had said it was worth. The most incredible thing that happens is that we get the house, we start paying our bills, and again, this is kind of two, $300 out of our budget. As our mortgage and all our bills come out, we start seeing we actually have a lot more extra money than what we think. Again, not only did God provide a way for the house, he also provided a way for our finances where we could be set up comfortably. We could serve the kingdom. And the reason why I chased after that so house is so I could be here. I wanted to live my lifestyle here. I wanted to be here serving. My house is 10 minutes away from the church. Uh, there's no place that I want to spend any you know, more time than it is here serving. So God provided that way for us to have that house um, God provided a way for us to buy a new vehicle because Paige's vehicle just kept breaking down. It just kept breaking down as a piece of junk. I hate it. it don't own a Mini Cooper ever. They're they're junk. <laughs> they're junk. <laughs> but um, for those of y'all, <laughs> uh, around that time, you know, like I said, everything's going great. Um, and I, I'm getting close to wrapping up, but everything's going great. God is doing a lot of stuff in our lives. Um, then, you know, what comes, what's, what goes up must come down. Um, and it's that, that roller coaster of life sometimes. But after all that, I begin to struggle a little bit at work, um, begin having things go wrong. Things completely out of my control start to happen, and just go terribly wrong at, our, at the jobs I was running. Um, and then things were that were in my control um, were going wrong as well um, because of everything else going wrong. I was I got affected by it all. I got in my head. Um, I started having a pretty rough time at work. Um, during all that rough time at work, I crashed my vehicle, um, which I wish I would have put up a picture. Um, but uh, I, I crashed my vehicle on the toll going about 70 miles and slid into hitting the pillar. Um, a concrete pillar in the middle of the toll road on a rainy day. Um, totaled my vehicle. Um, I didn't really come out hurt of that, to be, which was a miracle in itself. Um, so I'm struggling at work. I'm struggling with my car. And then I'm struggling in my faith again. You know, and I feel like sometimes it doesn't really get talked about how things can go be going so great, but you could still feel empty and unfulfilled within. And that's, that's really where, again, I began to struggle. I began to say, God, I'm tired. I'm working a lot. Nothing's going right. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm here at church. I'm serving. I'm doing everything I know how to do. But there's nothing going right at my job. I just wrecked my car. I don't have any money to buy a car. It got to a point where I started, stopped praying, 
stopped breathing, and I was trying to fix everything. I was trying to do go revert back to my old ways of bottle up again, push down, bottle up again, push down. I began to try to juggle and just do as much as I can over here, do as much as I can over here, try to make time for my wife, try to make time for the church. But then when I was with my wife in church, all I could think about was how bad work was going. I began to struggle again in my faith, and, and it was it was some pretty rough stuff because at this point, this is late 2019, almost 2020, I began to struggle and ask God, why is this worth it? God, I give, I, I pay my tithes. Uh, I, I, you know, I work hard for my money. Um, I'm here consistently. You have all, all my time. You have my relationships. You have everything, but everything is going so wrong. And in that moment of weakness, I begin to think about the people who have left the church. Sometimes, you know, they, the saying is the grass is greener on the other side, but what that, what that saying really means, you don't really see how bad it is on that other side. It's from uh, from a different perspective of what you think you see. I began, it got to a point where I started questioning again, God, why am I doing this? So-and-so is not even in church, and look at their lifestyle. I began to question within, is it even worth it? Is being in church worth it? You look at so-and-so who left the church, and they're living a great lifestyle. They seem like they have what they want, everything that they want. They seem happy. And in that time, as I began to say those things out loud, it was almost like a hammer dropped, <laughs> conviction. And God really began to show me. He said, you asked for a better job, so what did I do? I tripled the amount of money you make. You asked for a wife. What did I do? I gave you a godly woman. You asked for a way, a, a way, you know, a place to live. Not only did I give you enough money for, or give you an apartment, I gave you the house of your dreams. I, I gave you enough money to be there, to have be in a place that you were comfortable with, have more than what you need. And you're not happy now. You're not happy now. You're not satisfied now. It was at that time that I realized, okay, God, you're right, <laughs> like you always are. But God began to convict me and show me and open my eyes to what, what, what had really been going on, the struggles, again, that I thought were over with, the stuff where I felt like God was there, you know, and, and like, I felt like I was doing so much, but I wasn't seeing things clearly. And God gave me spiritual glasses, in a sense, and opened my eyes to the things that, you know, were actually going on, the spirits that were attacking, but also what the other side looked like, how people who had left church, how miserable they actually were, how they were trying to fill a void by whatever it was, drinking, drugs, whatever that void was, you know, that whatever they tried, it wasn't filling the void, how unhappy those people truly were. And... God began to move over us again, over my life again, and it was a, a moment of recommitment again to God of, okay, God, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. You're right. I'm being, I'm immature that spiritually, I'm 
spiritually immature again. As things progressed, I, I think I, I started addressing some things with God, you know, and with, with my accountability partner, with my wife, and things began to get better. And I'll tell you this in your life, if you're not accountable to anyone, find someone who is spiritually sound, be accountable to them. It is, it is the most amazing thing, but also be accountable to your pastor. Use the resources, the kingdom resources that God has placed in your life in the church because the people who really care about your soul are people who are going to speak truth to you. Around that time, um, we had Brother Poe come in, and he preached about just giving just a little bit more, just 2% more for those of y'all who remember. If you could give 2% more, I promise God would do something in your life. So we felt the need to give 2% more on our, on our tithing and offering. The moment we did that, it, we didn't see something almost right away, but around that time, Paige and I were trying to get pregnant with our precious Stella. Um, we struggled for about six, seven months, um, and that was a toll on itself, thinking we might not ever, ever be able to be a parent. Um, we tried doing everything right, but we were trying not to panic, and we told God, hey, you know, we're giving this to you. You know, it's in your hands. After that, we get we get pregnant um, with Stella, and um, you know Stella's born ar- around that time. Right before Stella's born, God blessed uh, me with an opportunity or for my job to um, give me a bonus that paid for the entire hospital stay with Stella, which is one of the most amazing things that doesn't happen. Um, and then around that, right not shortly after Stella's born, I end up losing my job. Um, I was laid off um, right almost almost a year ago today. To be honest with you guys, it's kind of funny how that how that lands. Um, it was laid off, um, and God blessed me. It was a blessing in disguise because I I got to spend the first few months with my daughter, um, home every day with her. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. I applaud all you mothers who do that every day. Um, you guys are s- superheroes. It was it was hard, but it was one of the most amazing experiences I got to feel be with my daughter. Um, my job blessed me with a severance pay where, like I said, I was able to stay there. Um, so through all of this, God just keeps blessing it and blessing and blessing. Blessing and blessing and blessing. Then we have scared number one. Scared number one with Stella is Paige trips and falls in the backyard. We end up in a hospital. Amazingly, everything is great. No issues. Paige is uh, feelings are hurt. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, Stella's perfectly healthy and sound. Shortly after that, um, April of this year, um, we have scared number two with Stella. A family dog um, that I've had for I had for nine years, um, who was up until that point was perfectly fine with Stella. We had no issues, um, but the moment she started crawling. Um, I guess he didn't like it. I happened not to be there. But uh, y'all have heard us tell the whole testimony before, so I won't get into all the details. Long story short, he bites her um, on her head. Uh, She has a fractured skull, fractured orbital bone, uh, multiple lacerations, uh, bruising. We thought for a second she might lose her eye. Um, So we're in the hospital. All this is happening. Um, And... 
God totally does a 180 on it. You see Stella today, you don't really notice anything. It's the one of the most amazing testimonies. I wish, you know, sometimes I wish she could understand the, the, the magnitude of it all. Because, yeah, she may have a scar, but there's no long-term effect on her. You know, so that kind of brings me where I am today. Today, I still struggle. I'm trying to be a better man. Um, I'm trying to be open, and I thank God for Pastor who's been preaching about being open. When you fall in sin, be open. Be open with your sin. Confess your sins because that's how we are made whole. That's how we, that's how we move forward. Um, some days are harder than others. I'm not perfect. Um, some days I feel disconnected. Um, some days I hurt. Some days I struggle. But I, would, I, I, I give thanks to God because it's, these, it's all those ups and those downs where God really showed me how faithful he was. And that's my testimony is the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God through my ups, through my downs. God has always been faithful. God has always been good to me. God was always there at my lowest point where I wanted to commit suicide. God was right there. At the point where I never, I didn't feel him, he was right there just waiting for me. He was there trying to help me up. At, when things were going great, God was there. <laughs> where things were hard and I was struggling my marriage, God was right there to pick me up. So, so as, I'm, as, as I'm ending, I just want to say God is always there. He's always a name call away. He's always a whisper away. He, he, he's there. He's there for you. And, and the faithfulness of him is unmatched. When you feel so far and disconnected from him, when you feel lost, like you've done too, too, so much so wrong, too much too wrong, God is always there. That is where I am today. I, I want to say thank you again for tuning in. Sorry if I was a little long. Like I said, there's so much to tell, but I just wanted to give you guys highlights. Uh, thank you all for listening. God bless you all.